10 years either side of where I am now, if I was born before or after, I wouldn't exist. If I was yeah. 10 years older, I don't know what I'd be doing. Not this, that's for certain. You know, I'd probably still be teaching or doing another thing. Maybe I would have tried my hand at creative writing or something like that. But I am an example of winning a very minor lottery because I happen to have a certain amount of skills at an exact specific amount of time where Batman is really popular. Hello, my name is Matthew Sortino and welcome to Moments of Clarity. Today I am talking to my good mate, James Clement. James is the writer, editor-in-chief and founder of Mr. Sunday Movies, the highly successful YouTube channel with over 1.2 million subscribers. He also co-hosts a podcast with Nick Mason called The Weekly Planet. Both are dedicated to all things movies, TV shows, comics, video games and more. Along with his wife, Claire Tonti, who was my guest's last episode of Moments of Clarity, James also co-hosts the podcast Suggestible, a review podcast. I actually interviewed James straight after Claire, and even as a teacher that is used to talking for hours on end, I found that recording two podcasts in a row was not easy. Even though I was getting tired, James and I had a really great conversation. We spoke about how Mr. Sunday Movies and the Weekly Planet began, leaving his previous career as a teacher the importance of family, work-life balance, leading and collaborating, the social media business, surrounding yourself with people you work well with, staying true to your values, and much more. James also bucks the trend and shares two moments of clarity. Thank you for tuning in. If you are enjoying Moments of Clarity, please subscribe, follow, like, and review the podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Moments of Clarity Podcast. The best way to help me, though, is to share the podcast with friends, family, colleagues, and on your social media networks. I do greatly appreciate the free adverts. To those new to the podcast, please go through the back catalogue of over 40 episodes with some truly amazing guests. Many of the conversations I have had have changed my life, and I'm sure you will get something out of them too. Now, without further delay, I bring you James Clement. James, welcome to Moments of Clarity. Thank you for having me, allowing me to have a moment of clarity with you. Don't reveal it now, but have you thought about your moment of clarity? I have two moments of clarity. Wow. I, I know they generally have to be positive, but one of mine is not like super positive. But it's, it was still a moment of, oh yeah. I'm going to give you a <laughs> middle of the road negative moment of clarity to reveal to us. <laughs> wow, okay. This is a little teaser for the audience halfway sure. through. And then your positive one to let us go because, you know, you don't want to hear a podcast and be miserable. That's a, that's a really, it's not miserable and it only really applies to me. So I don't think oh, it to make other people miserable. So it could miserable. be joyful for many people. Sure, in many ways. <laughs> yeah, everybody, anybody can take anything from anyone at any time. That's what I always say. Well, you're a podcaster, you're a guy. Yeah. You do things. Have you had a podcast that ended really like negatively, like the recording and you put it out there and- uh, I think it's probably more with videos where I'm like, I'm really not happy with that. Like most of them that I make, because I've got a lot of amazing editors and they like make the best of whatever terrible thing that I give them. But yeah, there's, I'll, I'll put out stuff all the time where I'm like, I could have spent another 10 hours on this easily. The only thing I, the, a, a podcast for me, which I don't like is where it just kind of dwindles out and kind of dawdles towards the end. And you're mm. just kind of like, I guess that's, and you know, no one's listening at that point. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. already done. Yep. So yeah, that for me is like a bad podcast. Yeah. yeah. Although it makes it okay because everyone stopped listening to it. So <laughs> it's, it's true, like, yeah. I can do whatever I want now. That's right. Yeah. The yeah. best part. And that's why you do your plugs up top as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah.
Well, let's start with that. Okay. Who are you and what are sure. you doing now and, and where can people find you right now? Great questions all around. Uh, my name is James Clement. I, uh, I, uh, I have a YouTube channel called Mr. Sano Movies where I talk about uh, movies and TV shows and comics and stuff and a podcast called The Weekly Planet where we also talk about similar things and also another podcast called Suggestible, which I do with my wife, where we mostly argue but also recommend things. But it's a bit more, it's a bit more of a classy affair. And the other ones, they're just like, imagine a fine man punched... Wolverine, what would, what would that look like? Do you know what I mean? And so she cleans it up a bit. Yeah, exactly, yeah. She straightens you up. She makes me a better person, which I think is, like, important for anybody you work with. You know yeah. what I mean? You don't want anybody dragging, dragging you down. I, no. I try to make that kind of a, you know, anybody I work with. You don't want somebody you're like, oh, this person. And you just, you know, it's more work than, you know. Would you say that's one of the things that led you to doing things on your own? I think definitely, yeah. And, look, I like working with other people. I really do. But one of the good things about working on your own and having that, that autonomy is you can pick and choose who you work for. Like it's it's such a luxury to have that ability. And if something's not working out, you can kind of like, you know, move away and nobody really gets hurt, you know what I mean, except for for you, I guess, you know what I mean, as a, as a point of pride. Yes, in answer to that question. Many people probably know you. Uh, many people would be listening because they know you're here. But <laughs> many people would be just listening to this podcast normally and go, yeah, yeah. this James dude, you, you've mentioned a little bit. But You've made a name for yourself. You've you've actually been able to enter a field that would be quite competitive worldwide, I'd, I'd think. Sure. Mm. And have a really successful channel on YouTube as well yeah. as podcast and mm. across a wide range of, I guess, mediums. Yeah. Can you start the journey for me? Just start there. I'll sure. we'll go into your history and biography a little bit later, but... Your history in getting involved in this specifically. Okay, sure. sure. Well, I, look, I started listening to podcasts probably about 2007 when a lot of other people did. Uh, Ricky Gervais had a podcast with Stephen Merchant and Carl Pilkington, which was, like, incredibly successful. Uh, uh, the Jordan Jesse Go was another one I listened to, just a bunch of comedy stuff and interviews and things like that. And there was always kind of an idea that I had that I wanted to do something like this, but I never thought it's not a career, it would just be a bit of fun. And a friend of mine who I do it with, Nick Mason, We've known each other since we were like 15 and we always kind of enjoyed the conversations that we had. So I thought that's something that, you know, that I'd like to do at some point. But it started really as a YouTube channel with just me. And then after the success of that, I thought, okay, I've got a good idea of kind of what I want to talk about. I know who I want to work with on this. I've got a bit of a launching off point, which helped in a big way to get it out there. Because it's really, like you said, it's really difficult to get to get known, to get it out there. It's just the podcast scene, whatever it is, every every specific topic you can think of has a thousand podcasts and they're all seemingly better than the one that, you know, you're going to put out or it feels that way at the very least. So, yeah, I, I, I knew that if I wanted to, you know, if I was going to do something like this, I had to make it kind of in my own voice with Mason as well and his own voice and take it from there because a lot of things that you can do that are successful can be copied and can be replicated but you can't really replicate somebody's personality. I think it, it comes off as... Uh, like inauthentic, you know, we got a kind of a lot of Hamish and Andy knockoff radio yeah. guys for yeah. for ten years. That's probably still happening as well. You know what I mean? When it doesn't really ring true. So not that I'm that level at all. That's not what I'm saying. But that's just no, a, no. But but, <laughs> but those guys created something, and they are amazing yeah. together and as individuals too. And they've mm. been able to go places from there. And and exactly. the fact that they're trying to be emulated, people are trying to emulate them. Yeah, it's credit to them. But you can't copy 
No, and yeah. I, th- I think emulation can be a good thing because a lot of ideas I had start off being, oh, I like what that yeah. person's done. Oh, I could maybe try something like that and maybe I'll initially make something very similar and then and then you deviate from there. It's kind of a good kind of training wheels kind of, yeah. kind of way into something, you know. You can you can definitely see like the influences in some of the, you know, some of my early videos, but bad videos I should point out as well that are similar to others, yeah. Claire talked mm. about... Just make the thing. Yeah. We, we spoke. We've spoken on this podcast and she talked about that and her wanting to make other people creative and get their creativity out there, mm. part of a business, but also finding out more about people's creative dreams and goals and how they did it. How did you do it? And what was the first moment? You said you listened to podcasts, mm. but then what made you go from listening, wishing, wanting to sure. – creating and then what was your process there? For me it was like I have to do something. Like I was a teacher and you know that we've been friends for a while now and uh, it's it was one of those things where I it was an outlet, you know what I mean? I never thought it would take over as a career. It was just something that like I like this space, I like talking about this stuff. You know, I could do it to nobody, which is what I was doing anyway. I was already having these conversations with, with Mason or I could kind of, you know, put it out there and see if, people like it. So for me, it was like, I have to do something with my time. You know, I could play video games, which is great. I would like, I would exclusively play video games if I could, if I could get away with it. But the problem is it's a time sink, something like that. You know what I mean? You just put a lot of time into it and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, it's more of an outlet than, than like a creative endeavor. And I'm not saying what I do is incredibly creative or difficult because (laughs) that is certainly not true. But it's something that I kind of can get fulfillment with and that interaction with people and, and, and things like that. So, yeah, for me, in a nutshell, it was, it was an outlet. It was just something else to do in my spare time. And also, like, at the same time, I'm like, why am I doing this? This is <laughs> insane and pointless, which is why I didn't tell anybody for, like, the longest time because it's just you get a lot of questions like, what, what do you, what do you, what, why, who, who, who are you doing with this? Why are you doing it? And even now to this day, like I struggle telling people because it's just a, it either gets like a blank expression like, oh, or like there's a lot of like follow-up questions, which is just like, how much money do you make? Where, where do yeah. you, you know, which is, which I guess I'll tell you if you really want to know. But, um, but yeah, it's, yeah. So it's one of those two things really. Yeah. So when you, when you were, um, I guess, searching for this outlet, did you try anything else first? Did you, mm. did you just beat your head against the wall with like, I'll be a teacher and then have all these fun things outside of that that are just fun but don't really fulfil me. What, what uh, was your not not really? I mean, I, I I wanted to be a teacher. Like that wasn't like I'll oh, just tread water until yeah. I find something else. That was never the plan. Though I think for me being a teacher, it, it did burn me out a bit at the end because it's an incredibly well, you know, this it's an incredibly taxing job, especially if you're doing it. If you're trying, yes. you know what I mean? I'm not saying I did it well. But a I, lot of people can not try and just do it and yeah, feel totally. numb and just do it and yeah, get their and, money and that's it. And, yeah. you know, I don't begrudge people that do that because mm. you just got to get by. Yeah. I mean, maybe find another profession because yeah. maybe you're damaging children. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah. well, I, I was doing because I was doing a bit of creative stuff in teaching because I started off, and people might know this if they know anything about me, I started off, I did a business degree and I hated it. And, you know, I met some really nice people that I'm still in contact with, but I'm like, this isn't for me. I'm not good at it. I hate it. What's wrong with me? 
But at the same time, I was like, this is what people do. They kind of finish school and then you go and you go to, you, you do a business degree or whatever and then you go to a bank <laughs> with a briefcase yeah. and then they, you do that for 40 years or whatever. Crackers and a rooster in there or something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, actually, I know a friend who he, he does work at a bank and his first day his dad, like, gave him a briefcase. He's like, you have to carry this briefcase. So he just had this empty briefcase <laughs> and he took him with him, this kind of pantomime <laughs> situation. And it wasn't that I was forced into that. My parents were never like, you must be a businessman. But it was just that was what I knew and that's what my kind of school funneled people towards. It's like, hey, you can be middle management just like everybody else <laughs> who goes to the school, which is what, which again, I don't begrudge. It's do what you got to do to survive if you enjoy it. That's good. But for me, it took me a long time to realise that that's not what I want to do. And then it's from there that um, I, I switched over to teaching because – I was doing some kids camps through St. Vincent de Paul where you take kids away and, you know, you do activities and fun and whatever. And I'm like, oh, yeah, and this is, this is better. This, this thing I do like three times a year is much more fulfilling than, than everything else. So then I, then I moved over to teaching and immediately, immediately I was like, oh, I get it. This is, this is kind of where it's at for me. It's, it, and it can be a very creative space as a teacher. Cause I, um, I did a lot of, especially in the, uh, my earlier career, a lot of like, video to kind of tech stuff and we made like short films and little animations and stuff like that with kids, which I didn't do as much of in the later years. And that was really fun. And so that became like a creative outlet in itself and it was cool working with kids and we won, won like this little short film competition or whatever, which which I won't name because I, <laughs> I don't want any kids to be tracked out or anything, though they're probably adults at this point. Yeah, that was really fun for me and working with people and, you know, kind of bringing this out in kids. And then from there, you know, it's, it's sort of started to bleed over a bit into my personal life where I did a bit of travel and did a bit of travel writing, which didn't go anywhere, which was something that I enjoyed and people who read it, you know, just in my close circle seemed to enjoy it. So I thought, no, there must be something here. And then that kind of that's where that transition kind of happened. And then I went, I like movies. And then so those things kind of came together. Yeah. I'm going to delve right into the movies. Sure. But because I'm in the teaching space and I often have negative conversations about teaching occasionally, mm. yeah, what was it that drew you to then being a teacher? You said this is for me. You would be able to be creative. But yep. what else? What was it that was different from bank middle management briefcase? <laughs> well, I, I liked that you could wear jeans. That was a big part of it, if I'm honest. I liked the school holidays. And just I find working with kids is really fun like and rewarding and not just fun because it's – it's quite taxing. But the, on the other side of that, I hate all the paperwork that are associated with it. I'm not talking like necessarily like reports and testing, though that can become excessive as we've talked about. It's all the kind of bullshit things you kind of have to do in seminars and things and just people come in and they talk to you about, I can't even think of an example, but it's just some nonsense, yep. you know what I mean? It's just you're just wasting everybody's time and we're just all ticking boxes for nothing and there's not enough time to actually sit and plan out really fun and creative lessons because you can be creative with anything. You can with maths, for example, or math. What, math. Do, you, what do you call it? Maths. I call it maths. But kids now they call it the Americanization of our world. Oh. They've destroyed. <laughs> Don't get me started. With no. math. <laughs> <laughs> and Z and Z. It's a Z or Z. I say Z too often. Yeah, I don't know it which one Z. it is. It is Z, is In it? A, well, we, we're Z. But yeah, okay, we're Z. Yeah, 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 yeah cool. So, but yeah, but I found there was less and less room to do that. And that that's not a comment on like the particular schools that I worked in because I've been very lucky with the schools that, I, that I've worked in. But it, I could see it was slowly becoming this thing that maybe I don't want to be necessarily 
involved in that, but the tipping point for me to to escape teaching, to leave forever and never come back, never look back, burn every bridge, walk away, is um was having kids. And it was it wasn't so much following the passion of this talking about movies and stuff, which is great. It's that I can be at home. You know, I've got this free time now to spend with my family, to spend with my wife. We both work together. You know, through the pandemic we were we were home anyway. I'm not saying it was easy because it wasn't. Every, I mean, everybody struggled with it in their own ways. But just the idea that I could be here and pick up my kids from school and, and things like that, you don't, really, you don't get that opportunity. You know, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty uncommon. And it's it, just the way that society is generally structured for like a dad in particular to be able to pick up their kid from school. Mm. And especially now if, you're, if, you've, if you've bought a house and you have to pay a mortgage, it's now f- structured around – to a two-person income and school starts at nine and finishes at three thirty. How, how how is this supposed to work? Mm. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense. You know, if you've got two working parents and school runs at these particular hours, the whole thing seems to be upside down in a way that yeah. I think is insane. And I don't know why everybody is kind of well. I know why you got to do it because you got to do it. But I don't know why it's still structured this way. And I feel like there should be more flexibility in working hours, which I think was one of the good things that came out of COVID, where people realise that. You can do most jobs from anywhere. Yep. Yeah. And in maybe less of a time than mm. the exactly, prioritised yeah. life first perhaps. What does it matter if you're sitting across from somebody doing yep. something when you can do it at home? It shouldn't make a difference. I know it's in, yeah. the human interaction element is so important mm. and teaching is you can't do it with teaching obviously because it's yeah, – oh, um, there are obvious exceptions but, but, yeah, there's a lot of things that don't need – you don't need to be there for most of it. I talk to our teachers all the time that obviously went into it thinking they'd love it and yeah. loving the start and then it changes. Yes. So you've gone through that journey. Was there a time where you realised that this creative pursuit of making videos about your favourite things like yeah. movies, was there a turning point from it being a hobby that was, you know, may have burnt mm. out on its, you know, one day yeah. because it was just too much time yeah. for not much reward mm. versus then, hang on, I've got something that I can – I'm getting some traction here yeah. personally and and maybe income or, mm. or traction with others. Can you remember that point? I remember when the money was kind of creeping up to match and I'm like, oh, okay. And I didn't quit immediately because the thing with doing anything online, it can all fall apart at any second. YouTube change, changes the algorithm slightly and your whole channel goes into a bin, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, But that to me was like... Oh, I could maybe do this. You know, I could have some freedom to to work for myself and and work with people around the world. You know, the way that people are doing more so now, and so that w- it was monetary for me. That was the that was a kind of realization, and it happened to coincide with the birth of my my yeah. first child. So, did you decide to monetize the pod- yeah, or the YouTube I mean, channel or whatever? YouTube it was is there? it's kind of like once you get a certain number of subscribers or okay. views, it can apply for monetization. So I had been for a, for a while anyway. That wasn't a, a problem, but it was it was it was it was money, which sounds like really <laughs> terrible, but that to me was no, I've got responsibilities. I've got a kid on the way, maybe more down the line, who knows. I can't just quit. You know what I mean? I have to make this stable. So that's why we, you know, we moved into advertising and different platforms and podcasting and 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 YouTube revenue and Patreon and and all these other different things. So if one of these things falls down, you've got other things propping it up. Because I, I realised as well, because I know people who have just been laid off, it can happen to anybody anyway, mm-hmm. so why wouldn't you do it for something that you enjoy? Teaching yep. is pretty difficult to get 
later. Oh, it's hard. It, it does I've happen. Tried. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't. I I know horrendous teachers yeah. that are oh, still working yes. to this day, yep. and I don't think it's anybody that we've known no. in particular. But but yeah, it's. It's kind of crazy that you. It's really difficult to fire a teacher, but also good. <laughs> in a, you, in another you'd way. hope that you're able to have the best doing it, but then mm. you know a strong union and and work right, yeah. workers' rights is there too. But it's it's one of those things that some people can take the the Mickey yeah definitely. out of it. Um, and I don't I don't mean to be ageist, but let's be age. I'm going to be ageist right now. Oh, happy. It's a, a lot it. of the time, and not always, because I've known a lot of people that are exception exception to this. It's people who are 20, 30 years mm. in, and it's kind of oh. like. I'm just I'm just winding down the clock. It's you know almost I mean? too hard of a job to do for that long. I and feel so. You've got to yeah. have years off and maybe do something else for a while, and then maybe go back. Yeah. And you can't just do the same thing year yes. on. It's a it's a Groundhog Day, first day of school. Yep, yep. The, the Christmas wind. It's it's just this yeah. thing. It's like oh, it's over now, and I'll start again. I you know what you said. I found that difficult. Yeah. Every year and seeing kids move on, not in a jealousy kind of way, not in that that should be me. Yeah, I, sh- yeah, yeah. I should be in year seven. <laughs> it was this thing of like, we're, okay, we're, we're doing it again. Yeah. All right, and which is not a bad thing because yeah. every grade is different mm. and challenging in different ways, and some are easier than others, yep. and and whatever. But that was kind of difficult too, like that you are doing mm. the same thing, you know. Again. Yeah. But there is something so rewarding about seeing kids go from. A to B at the same time, you know, and you do get the cards and the gifts and the well wishes, sure, yeah, yeah, and that makes it sort of good. Yeah, definitely. Though that's not really around in public schools. Um, <laughs> it's more of a private yeah. public school thing. But uh, yeah, but I, like I can remember specific examples of where like a kid will come in and they're at a certain level of reading, for example, and then throughout the year they they move up a level. You know, like they mm. might be slightly below standard, and then they they get to at standard. And that is like incredibly yep. rewarding, and seeing them, you know, achieve that is is amazing. Yes. You know what I mean? And being, a, and and it's not the work of one teacher; it's the work of every teacher mm. that came before. It's the work of parents. It's the work with the the other kids in yep. the class. It's this yep. whole. It's a community. You know, like the best classrooms, and and that I feel work that yep. way, where it is a community where all the where it, you know one class then then leads into the next and you've got all that social emotional yeah. stuff that follows through and all the kids have a relationship with each other that's when it really works yeah. when it comes together you can't no success is like dependent on one person yeah yeah do you find the success so you've gone to this point where you were monetizing because of views mm. it wasn't that someone found you and said I'll sign you to this record label <laughs> yeah. you know it's like because you're getting your mm. whole Monetization is based on you producing content yeah. that people like and want to continue to watch and, and get mm. involved in. Was that more rewarding, that instant sort of gratification? Yeah, I think so, definitely. Like the, the views are definitely rewarding, but it, it hits a point where, and this kind of sounds ridiculous, where you just kind of become numb to it, where 100,000 views to me now is was the same as 10 years ago was getting 100. It feels the same, which is ridiculous because it's, it's 100,000 people. Yeah. That's insane. That doesn't, that shouldn't happen. But, yeah, there was also, like you mentioned that about the record kind of deal situation, There, the, the internet, the way that it used to work in kind of spaces like this is where people would buy up your channel or you'd work for a big publication. And that, and this still does happen. And for me there definitely was that temptation at one point to be like I could I could maybe apply for like an IGN or an escapist. They're like you know, big gaming or movie mm. websites and they'd pay you pretty well. But and but then you don't, you don't own anything, you don't control anything. If you do want to break away you then have to rebuild an entire platform on your own, you know. So it was pretty early on I decided 
I'm going to hang on to this myself and maybe maybe it won't pay off in the long run. You know, maybe I should have taken a, a check and just worked for somebody. But now there's weeks where I just go like I was going to do this thing and I, I just I couldn't do it. I didn't have time yeah. to do it. I didn't get around to it. And it's that, you know, I've got no one to answer to in that respect, which is nice. Yeah. Were there offers? Yeah, nothing serious. Like, yeah. but because nothing that I, that I really followed through on. And there was a few websites that I even like applied to to like do some articles and stuff like on the side. But there was a couple of decent offers of like we will like buy your channel and or you'll own a percentage of it and we'll own a percentage of it and we'll help you, you know, grow it, which probably would have done well like numbers-wise. It would probably be doing much better. But then I don't – I'd rather just be left alone yeah. if I'm honest. You know, so was it a make risk? Make less money. Yeah. Was it risk-taking behaviour or was it more like – that's just not for me. It was more an independence thing. Yeah. It was a more freedom thing. For me, the most valuable thing is my own time. And not because I'm important, but because then I can dedicate it to my family and yep. friends. You know, I, I find like the idea of a five-day work week, it was, um, I hate to bang this drum because I do all the time. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. Mm. Like who, who's, why is it five, two? Yeah. Why isn't it three, four? Yeah. You know, why is it you can't work longer hours you know, four days a week and then take one day off, which, you know, I think it's we're starting to to see more, you know, that flexibility I think should be everywhere because then by the time you get to the weekend, actually one of uh, one of the editors, um, Ben, uh, who does the Caravan of Garbage videos, he told me about this idea of Wednesday weekend where it's essentially if you can do it, you break up your weekend so you take a, a one day off Wednesday and then one day off either Saturday or Sunday so you're, you're only ever two or three days away from a break because yep. what happens oftentimes, you know, you work five days and then Saturday is kind of winding down and you're just kind of relaxing and you don't get a chance to do anything. And then Sunday you're like, shit, yeah. i got to work tomorrow. For five days. Yeah, so, but that way it's only like, okay, I've got three days and then I'm going to, and yep. then I know I've got a day and then you can, you're a bit more energised and if you need to go to the bank in the middle mm. of the day, you can as opposed to doing it on your lunch break yep. or you know, on the or waiting week. for holidays. Yeah, waiting for holidays. Exactly. <laughs> I used to love school holidays, and now I'm like, I hate school holidays because it's Everyone, busy everywhere yeah. during the day. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. That idea was that for you, like to suggest it to you as the boss, or, or just a general? No, no. That's just the way he works. Okay. I I work when I can. Yep. That's what I do because of like if a kid goes down for a nap, I'm like, right, I got like an hour, I can do something. Or it's night time, so I'm like, okay, it's dark, people are asleep, I can do this. I've got X amount of hours until the next feed. Yeah. And it's the way that we kind of work it is I work late and Claire kind of gets up early and that's generally the rule, which just between you and me, I think I got the better deal there, mm. but uh, nobody tell her that. But, yeah, so we, we uh, that's kind of the way I, I, I work. I don't necessarily have a set schedule. I have days when I know things have to be done by and then I just do them when I can or if I can. Let's get into your creative brain then. Sure. What is your process? You don't have a, an organisational process as such, mm. but what's your creative process? Well, I've been saying uh, as of late that I am like I run at like 40% because I'm always tired. I know you had a, a guest recently talking about like having kids and how you just kind of kind of allocate every, everything into kind of when you can. So I feel like I'm not as creative or as or as involved in things as I would like to be. And so for me, it's just often it's just like this is good enough, which kind of sucks a lot of the time. But it's also like I, I know I can do it to about this standard. And every now and then I might, you know, make something a little bit better. And probably people don't notice anyway because I'm not that talented, if I'm honest. <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 I just for me a lot of the time it is it's good enough. And, again, I'm surrounded by people who are better than me, like at editing, for example, and Mason is funnier than me. 
and Claire is smarter than me and it makes everything better for me at least anyway. Yeah, it probably drags them down but it makes me better. I think the best kind of works of art or the best businesses or the best classrooms or whatever, they they work if everybody is working together towards a common goal and yep. there's no kind of dead weight. And also I guess the, for me I also know that a lot of the people who work for me, this isn't their main gig so I don't expect to like, you know, th- this isn't the most important thing in their life because they have their own things going on because I used to get annoyed when like when I used to work at McDonald's and they're like McDonald's is everything. You, you have to love McDonald's and <laughs> yep. you got to talk about McDonald's and whatever and it's like I don't give a shit about McDonald's. I'm here for a paycheck and it's strange that like I'll do it, I'll do the job just but I don't want to, this isn't everything yeah. to me, you know what I mean? And I also understand that in a way that, you know, that's how people are with you know, yeah, Macus will throw you out in a moment. If exactly. they, and if they need and to. same with me. I'll, yeah. I'll just get and, rid of you. Just understand that mutually. <laughs> don't don't lie to me. Yeah, about you caring and me caring. Because I, 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 this is kind of off topic, but I remember there was, and there's nothing wrong with McDonald's. I should point out, I have like cousins who like run McDonald's and things like that. But a kid was talking about going to uni, and they're like, "Well, we do like training courses here, whatever." And I'm like, "Don't fuck, don't tell him that. He wants to, he wants to go to uni, like." What are you doing? Like, leave, leave, leave him alone, you know? Yeah. you got to trick him into yeah. here. Like, just because you're here doesn't mean he has to be. If he wants to be here, great. Mm. But, but yeah, I don't like that idea of, like, holding on to people too tightly yeah. and, like, smothering them either. You know well, then I mean? let's talk about your leadership style then. You sure. would have to have leadership style. You've, you've led in your previous history of jobs in a way. You've been mm. in leadership teams and now you're, you've got a business and a, and a brand mm. and a channel. And a gun. And, and, and a co-host. Yes. <laughs> two. Two, yeah, that's right, yeah. And and a team that works with you. You, you talk about understanding that this is not their be-all and end-all, but mm. how do you sort of work with others and make sure they're successful, you're successful, that you grow things, that you use mm. them? What, what's your style? Uh, I don't know if I have a particular style, but I think you got to come as, as a uh, you got to come at things from a place of understanding. So a couple of the guys who work for me, they're like in their mid to early twenties. Mason is like late thirties. You know, Claire's a couple of years younger than me. Collings, who runs literally everything, is I think he's yeah he's around thirty. They're all at different points in their lives, so the way that you know I approach everybody differently, not consciously, but I remember what I was like in my early twenties, and I was fucking useless. Like to, <laughs> but yeah, and, but the guys that who, who work for me are not are not that. But I also know that like again, this isn't the be all and end all for them. They're in their early twenties. They've got other things going on. You know what I mean? They're not a man in his mid in their mid to late 30s with kids. Do you know what I mean? So I approach it from a perspective of if I was them, how would I want somebody to approach me? Do you know what I mean? I try to be like a little bit flexible, like I'll try to give them like a deadline that's that's reasonable. And if they can't do it, it's like, I understand, no worry, it's not the it's not the end of the world. But yeah, I guess I try I, I don't I don't like that kind of big stick kind of approach. And I also think about times back in teaching where I where I used kind of the big stick method and I'm like, I shouldn't have done that. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, that was a mistake and there are other ways to do it. That, be, that being said, of course, there are times where you've got to kind of crack the whip a little bit, but I think there are ways around that. And if you come at a person like on, you know, as, as another person, then you, you not only get more out of them, it's a, it's a better relationship, you know what I mean? Mm. And not in a way to be manipulative, to be like, I'm just like you, I understand, yeah. we're bros. Like it's a di- – uh, uh, the dynamic is, you know, I guess I am a boss in in a way. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> if you pay someone. Yeah, if you pay someone, I guess you are. But, but yeah, just uh, talk to someone like they're a person, mm-hmm. you know, because everybody, as Most far people. as I know, 
Mm-hmm. And it's the same with kids. Kids know that. I mean, you know this, right? Yeah, they they can see through. They can see it straight away. Yeah, because and they're really switched on, and they will switch off in a second if they're like this guy's full of shit or yeah, you know what I mean. This person's screaming at me for, for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah, they get it. They understand. Yeah. Mm. They don't know how to show it sometimes, yeah. but they understand. I I don't like that either. With like, and I I try to be this way with my kids. Though one is a baby, you try and talk to them like they're people. Because you know, they are people mm. and they remember stuff, you mm. know what I mean? And then the way that you respond you respond to them is the way that they then go out in, in the world, you know? Yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't hit my kids. I don't, I don't scream at them. I mean, I get angry. Don't get me wrong. Are you looking to expand in a way where you would bring other people on? Because I know you have worked with other people with music and stuff like that and, and you know, editing and, and other people involved. See, first of all, I don't – I see this as a hobby. Mm. I, I don't know where it may go. Do I have an audience with enough reach? If I ended up getting, I don't know, 20,000 people tomorrow that somehow yeah. started listening and they did every week mm. and people were like, oh, you know, put more episodes out and talk to these people and do yeah. this thing and we'll support you. I, I'd, I'd definitely be considering that or if ABC comes around and we like your style, yeah, join us, you know, <laughs> yeah. do a show at midnight. And we'll see if you've got what it takes yeah, yeah. without editing and, you know. <laughs> That's terrifying to me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know where I'd, I'd take it. But working, I do love working with people. Yeah, I think that's where you and me differ as well mm. because I'm definitely more introverted and you're more. It's close the same. She loves. I thrive yeah. on others. Yeah. Um, so this job in it of itself it gives me that with talking to another yes. person and I love that and that connection with someone. The editing side of things I've liked as well, but mm. I don't think that could be a job. That's got to be something I love for in a short amount of time. Yes. To get someone to edit for me would be great. At the same time, I like having creative Yeah, uh, that's control. something I struggle to let go with mm. the editing in general. But the When people- did you start giving up control of everything? When was the first time you got <laughs> – like you, you would have – you had to do mm. the ideas, yeah. watch, do the background I, work. I used to, you know. do, I used to do the, the one podcast a week and two videos mm. and that was between like 2012 and probably 2015 maybe and Ben was the first one to come on board to help and then Collings was doing a bunch of stuff kind of just on his own, like running a bunch of social accounts and now we employ him full time. So it, it, it became a gradual process and I only – what was going to say recently, probably about a year now I handed over the podcast to Collings to edit because I was I would always be like, I have to edit this. I don't have to edit it. Like he's a better editor than me. But, I, you know, what I liked having that control and I probably still would do it if I had the time, but it is nice to be like, okay, I don't have to sit here for a minimum two hours and kind of mm. – not that we do that much editing anyway. It's just like taking out the yums and, oh, some, yeah. and some, a little bit you of You taught me that. Uh, one, once upon a time you go, <laughs> don't let anything hang for more than three seconds, you know, yeah. ums. And, and I and I, that's what I remove. I, I never yeah. remove content for content's sake. It's for, for listenability. Totally, yeah. Yeah, so so does Collings mm. ask you originally what do you want to keep Just what, or just – He's he's got a very good instinct. He's he's one of those guys where you can give him literally anything and he will learn it and it would be better than the version yeah. that you would wow. do. Like he's taught himself video editing and he's he's amazing now and he's his turnaround's incredible and of audio he's audio editor and he's great at balancing levels. He's also like every now and then I'll me or Mason will say something where it's not like controversial, but it might be like somewhat offensive and it's not a matter of like being cancelled or worried that people are going to come down on you. It's more like I don't really want to upset 
yeah. anybody. So he'll often make the call to take something out or he'll message me about it or I'll be like, oh, actually I said this thing, can you just take it out? And it's usually nothing but it's like if one person's like, yeah. oh, that's, you know, a bit upsetting, then, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to yeah. upset that person. For a laugh I mean? or something, is it worth it? Which yeah. is what I don't understand where people are just like, I'll say anything, I'm controversial, yeah. fuck everybody and your feelings. It's like, well, yeah, or well, you could just be a yeah. decent Person, I'm, I'm not saying that people don't get offended over like yeah. small things. So that obviously happens, but but yeah, you can you can you can just not be a prick. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Especially if you know that you are in your mind. Yeah. but fair enough if you aren't aware. Yes. Yeah, the monetization idea. Yeah. For me, I'm almost like this is a hobby. This is about not public service announcement, but getting people's ideas that are awesome off the ground sure. and just listening. So it makes almost me feel weird if one day I could put an ad at the front of this and I'm almost weirded out by that. Yeah. How did you have ever have that in oh, your – Yeah. Constantly. Like, yeah. like I still feel weird about putting ads on. But for me it's like this is my job and I have a house and I have a family. Mm. So it's either this or I don't have any of those things and my – we don't eat – and I take out a bigger bank loan. like yeah. Or there's like no yeah. creative outlet and podcast yeah. that people love. And, and I think video, pe- yeah. pe- most people like un- understand that. Now we now, have, we now have a service where, bigsandwich.co, where we have some stuff behind a paywall, which is none of the stuff that's – we didn't move stuff behind a paywall. It's just extra stuff and you can pay for that or you don't have to. You know, And people understand that where it's – I think it's better than it was a few years ago where, you know, you do an ad or you ask for money for a thing or whatever and people got – no, this you should. It's a hobby, and you should you should be grateful that you have an audience and whatever. Which is all true. The people have to live and eat. And like I have lines about what I advertise because I get you know a lot of I get multiple emails a week for things that I will not advertise, and it's a lot of like predatory mobile games and things like that. Where just which I don't I don't have a problem with, but I'm not gonna endorse something where it like fleeces people for for money. And there's you know we don't do like gambling. We don't do like alcohol generally, though we might be doing like a wine club thing, which is fine with me because, you know, I drink wine and that's, you know, that's and fine. It's a club. Yeah, and it's a club. So look, <laughs> that means that there's wineclub.com. <laughs> Check them out. I can't remember what the name of it is or if it's even happening. But no, the way I, uh, the way I do it is like, this is something that I would use or I could, or I can, I see value in and I'm, it's not going to rip people off. And, that that's kind of that's where it's at, you know. Yeah. I won't advertise anything that I don't believe in or think is a scam. It's easy to do that. You can. It's it's really easy to make a lot of money doing that. But also at the same time, selfishly, that devalues the things that you do promote. Like anything that you yeah. talk about becomes less than valid if you're just willing to say anything for for money. You yeah. know what I mean? So probably in the long run, it wouldn't it's benefit you financially and, anyway. I guess. And maybe certain advertisers would be like. He did that last week. I'm not gonna, yeah, you know, be associated with that. Totally. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, but I, I think now it's better now. But I think like five, ten years ago, there was, it was more kind of like you sell out kind of thing. But and every now and then I get a comment like that. But I don't. Yeah, but you're talking care. a lot like a businessman. I thought you hated business school and I business. Do hate, well, I, I think a lot of the stuff that I did at business school was pointless, and it's a lot of like. I can't even remember the specifics of it. The only, the only example I ever really give is I did, a, I did a bit of marketing as well. Completely useless. Useless at the time and obviously even more useless now. There was a moment where it's like you have to advertise this particular product or whatever. Make a pamphlet. And it's like why are we making a pamphlet? It's like the mid-2000s. Like why? why? 
like, you know, to hand out. And I'm like, people don't have pamphlets. What are you talking about? Shouldn't we build like a website or something? I don't know. And they're just like, no, make a pamphlet. And I'm like, all right, fine. I'll fuck, I'll make a pamphlet. Then I'll get a B on it for this thing that yeah. I shouldn't have. Yeah. So there was a lot of things like that. And also, to be fair, I was barely there. I wasn't trying. There was probably a lot of very useful information in there, but in my brain at the time, being in my, you know, late teens, early 20s, I was just like, this is nonsense and I... And I, I, I will not stand for it, quite frankly. Yeah. Sticking it to the man but and by your values. Yeah, well, that's well. I also know that, like, I know people who did similar courses and dropped out and then ran a very successful cafe. Mm. Like, I know, like, I know a guy from my school who would be considered at the time like the dumbest guy that you would know, and he's not. That's just kind of like this guy is like a clown. He doesn't do any work or whatever, and he runs this massively successful concreting business with like multiple trucks and locations and he's a multi 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 millionaire uh, like a lot of the time i think you don't need stuff like higher education i'm not saying you don't because it's great education is important but it is not the way to structure it is not for everybody mm. sorry i went on that tangent I no but it. I so, so the then <laughs> on that note obviously you've jumped into running a business basically and yeah. being a, a manager a boss mm. a leader which was all ridiculous once upon a time because of the way it was. I mean, yeah. you were like, we're in a digital age and we're doing pamphlets. We're yeah. doing, you know, it's about 1950s tissues ads when it yeah, should be it about, was... you know, whatever. But so many people are able to be successful mm. when they're thinking about stuff they love, that they're invested in, that they're passionate yes. about. That they. So is there a message or is there some way that – because do you know what? I say is there a message but then I hate it when also when people say do what you love, stop everything and just go That's, for it. I mean that is partially true yeah. but that will only get you so far. And So what do you have to combine with passion and, and love? Well, for me a lot of it is it's Claire mm. because Claire and most people who know anything about me know this is brilliant. She runs a lot of the stuff that people don't see. She manages a lot of – like the advertising side of things and, and like site maintenance and she she can edit. She also edits and she also does like takes care of the accounts and and when we had a bunch of other podcasts on the network, she was doing all that kind of stuff. Well, in addition to now she's building her own separate podcast, which I won't get into, but having something like that where she, a lot of the gaps that I have in business, she fills in. So if it was me on my own, this wouldn't be anything really or it would be like, Maybe just a YouTube channel and maybe maybe a podcast. I guess we'll probably yeah with with Mason, but but yeah beyond that, a lot of it is because of Claire because we work together and we complement each other in that way. Which goes back to that thing you know talking about earlier, where you surround yourself with people who you work you work well with. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I'm reasonably good at building an audience or a very specific type of audience, and you know what I mean. And Claire's also good at that, but also good at things that I'm not good at. You know. So that's definitely part of it. And we talk about things and we collaborate on things, but I'm not, I'm very, I'll openly admit, like I'm not a numbers guy. I'm not an accounting guy. I've done accounting classes and I scraped through barely. It's embarrassing if I, if I showed you any of that work. But, but yeah, having somebody to, to help you with that. And it doesn't have to be a partner. You know what I mean? It can be somebody you hire. You know what I mean? It makes yeah. a huge difference. You can't do it by yourself. Or maybe you can. I can't. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot that goes into it. So you've got your, your love of things. We've talked a mm. little bit about your creative pursuits and your, the way that you are creative. What's in the mindset of you when you go about creating something new? Mm. 
share some of your love for the for the content sure. that you that you create, and then also the hard work that goes behind the scenes. Well, I, look, I don't honestly think I'm working that hard at the moment with a baby. Like originally, again, to, originally create, to, yeah. to build this up. Because I, I remember <laughs> going to your uh, you know your place and you've had a wall full of you know ideas and business yeah. plan. You know. You, now, because you're almost an expert in this, to be fair, easy, like another guy came in and did that. But yes, thank you. I see what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. But so you had to get the guy. Well, I had to get the guy. I knew a guy, and he helped. His name was Ollie, and I appreciate it. Not my dog. He's a different guy called Ollie. He's a real guy. He exists. But no, I think for me, it's like okay, I can get into my first moment in clarity if you want. Yeah. The, the grim one. It's not that grim, but it's a little bit grim. Where I like have a love for movies and pop culture and comic books and video games and things like that. And I kind of grew up on these things and watching movies and all of these kinds of things. And I re- that is the information that I retain mm. for some reason. I could tell you the entire cast of the movie Twister, even though I don't like that movie and I've maybe seen it once. So the things that I retain, I'm always like, this is useless. Why do I remember this? This is absolutely pointless. And then and for the moment of clarity for me is 10 years either side of where I am now, if I was born before or after, I wouldn't exist if I was yeah. 10 years older, I don't know what I'd be doing. Not this, that's for certain. You know, I'd probably still be teaching or doing another thing. Maybe I would have tried my hand at creative writing or something like that. But I am an example of winning a very minor lottery because I happen to have a certain amount of skills in the exact specific amount of time where Batman is really popular. And I'm like, I know a lot. I know a, pretty, I know a bit about that. So I'm lucky in that sense because I just, these things aligned at the perfect time for me to be in the middle of the road <laughs> kind of person talking about these things. And it, like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, none of this exists in this form. So I don't know. I don't know what would happen. Nothing probably. Yeah. And, and that's, and ten, that's also kind of ter- terrifying. And 10 years later, someone's done it. If someone's know, so. done it or yeah, exactly. And that's exactly right. Yeah. And who knows? And maybe, maybe 10 years later, I would have been even better prepared for it either. Cause there's more availability or maybe I'm behind the times. Cause I know guys who are like, man, you would have been the best guy in the fifties. Like, just like the exact, like you, you would, you could have read your newspaper and you could have. Oh, I'm on a got, personal level. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which people still do, obviously, but I know guys that have like they're just confused by mm. the way technology has moved and don't understand social media or or any. Not that you have to, because you're probably better off not doing it. But there is a confused that they, they look at the world in like a way that they don't understand it. Where I feel like 50 years ago that would have been like, yep, you mow your lawn and you eat a ham and cheese sandwich and then you shoot yourself when you're 60 or whatever. Whatever people used to do in the yeah. 50s. That's a 50s thing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so I'm lucky in that sense is what I'm saying. So I guess, yeah, the, the, the perfect alignment of things. So did you fall in love with the pop culture, the movie stuff first or did you just yeah. – and, and that gave you the knack to remember things? I think or, so. Yeah, because as a kid it was like it was He-Man, it was Ninja Turtles, it was Voltron, it was Star Wars, it was Indiana Jones, you know, it was Superman, it was all of these Bananas things. in pyjamas. Massive fan. I don't like how they did the CGI reboot. Oh, what are they doing? Just costume it up. Yeah, and even things like I know a bit about Rugrats, I know a little about – bit about some anime. I know a bit about the TV. Where's Wally the TV yeah, show? Yeah, I know a little bit about that. I know a little bit about the, the TV series Brave Star, which had a standy up your horse, which we, we talk about. <laughs> it's, it's a cartoon about a man who has a horse that can walk. doesn't matter. But, yeah, so I know these things, like useless things. 
nobody needs this information, but I know some of it. And Mason's the same. Like he remembers more than more so than me in a lot of ways. Like he remembers a lot of this stuff. You know what I mean? Because he kind of we grew up in the same era and we had similar interests. And he spent a lot of his time reading obscure comic books, which now he can kind of more things than I did, where he can kind of bring in to the world. Yeah, so you you've, you constantly talk about how it doesn't matter, yet you've got a massive audience. You've got people that threaten, <laughs> you, you know, things online or say that That's I'll marry you, know, you yeah. or whatever. You know you're doing all right when you're getting threats. Oh, yeah. I get it, but it's just from family members <laughs> on our messenger chat. <laughs> um, but, you know, so you've got all, all of that. So it must be worthy. Yeah, I mean, it's useful. I mean, the money, but whatever, yeah, but, but it's why, not, why is it so worthy I wouldn't people? say it's like, because this is something I do struggle with. I don't think it's consequential. Mm. I think it benefits me immensely in my personal life because I can spend time with people and my family. Like, that's amazing. I, that, I love that. But that's why we yeah, we do, like, charity campaigns and I try to work in or we try to work in, like, a mes- message of, like, positive positivity and everything because with a lot of fandoms it's it's very toxic if you look at any particular thing and and you know there's just the worst star wars fans you can possibly imagine just absolute fucking dirtbags um and that's and that's not just star wars that's everybody you know what i mean and i think we try to kind of make light of a lot of stuff and be like you can like stuff it doesn't matter and you don't have to be there's a lot of gatekeeping as well where it's like you're only a true fan if you like this particular thing and you saw it at this particular time or you're this age, which I think is absolute bullshit. You can like anything at any level you want. If you have a passing interest in Batman, who cares? What do you mm. care? It doesn't matter. So mm. you don't know a lot about Batman. Who cares? That doesn't matter mm. at all, yeah. yeah. But I still feel like like everybody's a nerd about something. I talk to Claire about this all the time where if you're like massively into to sport or whatever – it's all statistics and, you know, and draft sheets and, you know, going to games and dressing up. It's cosplay. It's like pantomime. You're doing Dungeons and Dragons. That's what you're essentially doing, but it's sport. sport. You're a sport nerd. Guess mm. what? You fucking nerd. Uh, but I think everybody has that thing, though. Everyone's yeah. got a thing that's like, I love this particular thing. Mm. Well, some people don't, I imagine. Uh, you'd hope most people love something. Yeah. Sad if they don't. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But they might like lots of things yeah. and hate nothing. That's right. And that's fine too. <laughs> yeah. No, but I just find that there's there there's obviously a value when people connect and, you know, you talk about something and you hear like the old theme song from something from your mm. childhood or you remember this thing that, you know, I think maybe because you're innocent maybe as a child or you're obsessed with things, the world sure, hasn't yeah. overburdened you with stuff and, yeah. and like life just hasn't got you down yet. And many <laughs> kids suffer but they've still got something to escape to maybe. Definitely, yeah. And so maybe by bringing that yeah. nostalgia in one case but also the continuation of that culture and, mm. and keeping something alive, yeah, there has to be value there too. Oh, definitely. And look, for me, like it's really – and Claire's good at reminding me this. We get a lot of messages that are like, for example, COVID last year, they were like, it was grim and I didn't see anybody for like six months and, you know, we listened, I listened to your podcast and that's nice to hear. You know what I mean? I'm not saying we're changing the world because we are not – at all, but it, it just if if one person's like, you know, I had a, my day was slightly less bad than it would have been otherwise, and that's and that's good, mm. you know. Again, 
not changing lives, not curing cancer, just doing the thing where people go, that was that was all right. That was yeah. pretty good. <laughs> However, not many people listen to the scientists curing cancer like in the lab. Well, maybe they should talk about 30, it 30,000 uh, <laughs> test trials have shown that, you know. They should, do the, they should do their science louder. Yeah, true. That's all that matters. <laughs> um, social media, you, you said yeah. the, the positive messages. Mm. What is it like to have a bit of a social uh, name and, and a presence online? Sure. The toxicity, but also the good so- social media in general. How do you keep afloat by not getting too obsessed by it, but then realizing that that's your audience as well? I think it's um, in in my real life, and I haven't experienced like a great tragedy. But I've I say this a lot, but I've traveled a little bit. I, <laughs> people see me saying that because I I do it like a brag, like it's a big deal. <laughs> but like I've worked in schools and areas and with kids who have had terrible things happen to them in terrible circumstances. You know, I worked up north in an Indigenous community and without getting into the specifics of it, but it was horrendous, like horrendous living conditions, a horrendous, like, stranglehold on the community. Um, you know, and we've had, you know, Claire and I have had some things happen to us in our personal lives that are, you know, genuinely, like, like you know, pretty upsetting, pretty, like, earth-shattering, do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And for me, that's the kind of stuff where I go... If someone thinks I'm an idiot, I don't I don't care. I think maybe if I was 17 it would probably affect me, but now I'm like, I don't I don't I don't care. I'd say I mean every now and then you get a comment that you're like, that one stings and is accurate. <laughs> but on the uh but generally I don't I don't care. Like I'll mute somebody and I'll I, I do a fair bit of muting where if somebody says something, I'm just like, I don't even block because I like the idea that they're still yelling oh, yeah. at me and I don't and I don't hear it yeah. and I don't see it at all. So, yeah, I guess it doesn't. I mean, if everybody hated me, I'm not saying that wouldn't bother me. Of course it would. It would definitely bother me. But, yeah, I I just I feel like I've had enough real-world things happen where I can distance myself and go, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It it reminds me of a friend I was talking to yesterday that said, oh, worst day at work, this happened, this happened, this happened, then talked again. We got like a little voice app that we Mm. talked to each other with. And um, he said that and then came back and said, that all doesn't matter. I found out that this guy's son had passed away. You sure, know, like, yeah. And it just brings everything. Like we were all just complaining yeah. about our day at work and, and it's like nothing, none of that matters. Absolutely. You need that realisation, that memory sometimes yeah. to go far out. Like what are, we, what are we on about? It's good to know. And that's why it's also good to be around other people mm. so you're not, yes. which I need more help with. Where you're not just in your own head yeah. the whole time you speak to other, not to meet other people and go, she's glad I'm not that guy. I just mean, to, you know, you get a wealth of experience yeah. and knowledge and and perspective is is really is really important because I would like I would just talk to nobody, which is not good for me. Mm. Like I'd still I'd go mad, but yeah. Mm. Very small sales pitch. People have never heard you. You've got your all four of your works. Yes, I got four works. Life Love, healthy. <laughs> Wealthy, wise, wise. Food. food. A gun. <laughs> a gun. Um, you've got Mr. Sunday Movies. Yes. You've got your podcast. Yes. Which is called Weekly Planet. Weekly Planet, that's right. You have Suggestible. Yes. Any other projects on the go? Um, well, there's we, we the, the stuff behind the paywall, like, that keeps us pretty consistent. Yeah. I've had uh, some very minor conversations with Screen Australia about maybe making, like, a web thing or maybe – but I'm so tired. Like I've got like some ideas, but I'm like, I'm so tired. I don't know if I can tackle this at the moment. And if I did, I don't know whether I could do it well. And it's, 
it's easy to be like, I saw this movie and I didn't like it. It wasn't very good. But then when you make something, that's a whole other, it's easy to just be like, this show was fine or this show was great. But yeah, to make something is a whole other thing. I don't know whether I will or not. I don't know whether I have the interest. And also I'm like, do I want to waste a bunch of someone else's money to make this thing? You know, where are the priorities you've got then? So a lot of people just like, well, I've got this, I'm going to make bank now. I Mm. can have a yacht if I do X amount of hours, stuff the family, stuff the kids, stuff my sleep. Get a yacht on the Yarra. Yeah, get a yacht (laughs) on the Yarra, you know, whatever it might be, you know, whatever level it might be. It might be just a second house. It might be this, you know. Did you have a time where you said, you know, I I can go this way and I can work to the bone but not have the life Mm. I want necessarily now but maybe I will one day? But you've said you've you've – You've cut back a little bit with what you're willing to put in and maybe say yes to and also the fact that you're like, you know what, I could spend an extra 10 hours on this video but I won't. Yeah. And also the Planet Broadcasting stuff that you've said, look, we're going to focus on what we do, you and Claire. Was that a conscious choice or did it was it a feeling? How did you make that? I think it's happen? it's a quality of life thing. And I don't want the people to suffer around me because I decide to do something that greatly benefits me and nobody else, mm. I guess. You know, yeah. And look, if I wanted to if I was going to do something like that, I would do it properly. And I'd hire like I've got a bunch of people in mind that I would love to work with. So I want to do it properly. If I'm going to take a run at it. And there's probably never a good time to do anything, really. You know what I mean? And I looked at doing it last year. Because it's like with a newborn, they don't do much. It's like a doorstop. You just put them down, you know. You know what I mean? You can just sit oh, yeah. there. But now when they start to move, it, you know, things things shift again and change every year. So, yeah, I, I guess I'm, I'm. if I do it, it's waiting for a, a, a better time, which might mean that it never happens and quite frankly, whatever. <laughs> How much of yourself do you give away? Uh, personally, not a lot. I think there's a, like a lot of my personality is in it, obviously. Mm. It's like a heightened version of me where – I'll get angrier at a thing that I would really be. Do you know what I mean? But it's just mostly me. But in terms of like personal stuff, I don't put my kids on social media. I don't mention their names. I don't mention like vaguely where I live or have lived or going to live or kind of people that I know. My social media presence, my personal social media presence is like non-existent because it's to me it's about protecting. If it was just me, I'd be like, who cares, whatever. But now that there's other people involved and people get doxxed and mm. swatted it happens i'm not saying that would like i'm probably not that important that anybody would bother to do that but just i want to rule out any chance that anybody in my life could be affected by mm. by any of this again if it was just me i'd probably be a bit like it doesn't matter as much but with other people yeah i've got people to protect and and look after that paranoia yeah is not always paranoia because well, it, it, you, you had the Apple sticker on the thing a long, long time ago yeah, yeah. on your laptop. I remember there, seeing yeah. it. I'm like, that's weird. And now they come with the slide I've yeah. seen. That's like a normal thing to block the camera yeah. because people are hacking into and it. And that's like before I was doing like anything. It yeah. was always like I hate the idea of a camera just looking at you. And also at the same time, nobody's looking at me. Mm. Like I know that. And I'm not doing anything where like <laughs> where I could – I'm not robbing a bank holding my laptop up. Do you know what I mean? But it's just I've always kind of been like I see where this is going. I see that people can be traced. Once something goes on the internet, it's mm. – I used to teach a little bit of it in school, like cybersecurity stuff. It's out there. You cannot take it down, you know, or if you do, it's it's very, very, very difficult. I think that was actually one thing I didn't enjoy teaching of just warning kids of like you just got – you have to be careful with this stuff. You've got to be careful who you talk to. And I think now in schools they teach – 
if you are going to send nudes as like a teenager, they accept that kids are going to do it, but they're like, just don't put your face in it, which is where we're at, which, you know, yeah. which is not terrible advice. No, no I should say start taking that advice. <laughs> <laughs> My mates are sick of it as well. <laughs> I am paranoid. And Claire's yeah. from the start's been like, you're paranoid. I'm like, I know, I know that. I know I'm going over the top, but it's one thing. And then our address is out there and then maybe we move. Mm. Like, and I don't want to have to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get right. doxxed once. Oh, yeah. You're, it's one. Sh- and, again, nobody I think is probably looking for me. I know I know that. I'm not that important. But I just don't like with kids, I I I won't, I won't take that chance, you know. And it's great to have that. I'm so your your public life is digital space, pop culture, yeah, probably massive on Twitter and not yourself necessarily, but your your programming and and what is being spoken about Reddit forums, all that that stuff. Mm. That stuff scares me. Yeah, on a on a level because I'm like the digitalization, the the keyboard warrior, the stuff behind screens. Yeah. It, it it seems to be causing rifts that may just never have happened yeah. unless there was like a war, a tribal thing once upon a time. Now yeah. it's just everywhere. Mm. On a professional level, I guess you you see the benefits of it and you're in it. But on a personal level, are you worried about the way society is moving? Do you or, or I want to just know I, because I'm in one perspective, yeah. you're from this other sort of. You see the other side that I don't maybe look at. I'm looking at it from like, you know, Channel 7 reports young kids skateboarding. Yeah. Horrible. <laughs> and I'm like that with the the internet, you know. Yeah, yeah. What, so what is going on? Is it is there positivity coming out of it as well? I, I ultimately think it is positive and I think people interact interacting and learning and you know, and you could talk to somebody who you'd never you'd never meet. It's just, you know, and your you stories about more people meet now through like internet dating than than anything else, which is a good thing. I, that's not a, people are like I used to go to a bar and walk up to a girl. That's hard. Have you ever done that? It's mm. really difficult. You know, yeah. <laughs> and more often than not, it doesn't work. Yeah. So I think it's ultimately good, but it's so easy, so easily manipulated on an individual level, but also through corporations and retention of data. And none of these laws are in place really to protect people because the law is always a step behind and you see that also with like cyberbullying and that, you know what I mean? They don't take it seriously. It's like they don't take threats seriously against your life. But if you got a letter that said I'm going to kill you, it would it would be taken very seriously, you know, which it, it should. <laughs> I'm not saying it shouldn't. But, but you know, yeah, it, it is terrifying the way that it is faster than people can kind of keep up with and it is so easily manipulated and you can manipulate people en masse and we've seen it with elections and trending topics and the way that celebrities will just get like burnt down. I'm not talking about like cancel culture is, is too far, but you see people like jump on things, which might be too early. You know, And I've done that. I'm not saying I haven't done that, but it's good and bad in answer to, answer to yeah. your question. Just be cautious and look into things. Cause how often have you heard the metaphor about milkshake duck? No. It's like this, I can't remember who did this tweet, but it's essentially like, the internet loves milkshake duck. Check it out. This duck loves milkshake milkshakes. And then the next update is like, oh, it turns out the milkshake duck is a racist. You know what I mean? Like you'll offer like a thing will come up, a trend, and then it's like, oh, actually this oh, person's yes. a Nazi yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Coney 2012. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that guy. And then he's running the streets. That dude, <laughs> I mean, he had, he had ha- like obvious yeah, mental yeah. health problems. But I think it's shit like that, it damages people's perceptions of reality and then of what to trust. Mm. It's it's disappointing that something like that, which which could have been such a positive yep. force for good, was 
essentially a very unbalanced man um, with this thing. And a bit late on it, wasn't it? And and a bit late at But that, that's sad because yeah. maybe it's amazing ideas and then it just never yes. got off the ground. And then when it did, yeah. all the maybe the bells and whistles, it probably didn't do yeah. much. I think that's really kind of uh, that burnt a lot of people, you know what I mean? And I, you know. Yeah. yeah. And there's so much out there like that where you, whatever happened to just balanced long term <laughs> views on. On issues and thinking, I wonder, maybe I'll look into that. It's just straight yeah. into it now. Isn't and it's it? so easy to do because, you know, you're loping your feet and then yeah. there's 10 new things have happened. And it happened more so when like Trump was president. It was really this thing of like, okay, what, what's he doing? What's he mm. doing today? Yes. And it was exhausting, to be honest. And the fact that I don't have to hear that now is not that I love Joe Biden because I do not, but just that I don't have to see that every day. <laughs> On politics, you're not. I, I guess you, you've, we've spoken in politics a couple of times, but I, yeah. I do notice that in the public sphere you've got people from every sector of society and you want yeah. to make sure that they're not feeling like thrown yeah. in the in the garbage heap. How do you manage to, I guess, have views and look at the news and, and ideas but then not really put that across where everyone wants to virtue signal daily? What's, sure. What's, uh, well, yeah. I'm, I'm v- like openly very like left-leaning yep. and I think a lot of my audience is that. There, Every now and then I'll get an email that's like, I've been listening to five years and I can't believe you said this particular thing. It's like, how did you get this far? Yeah. Like I don't understand why this is the thing. But, um, yeah, I, I think I, I'm anybody can listen. I don't I don't mind unless you're like a Nazi obviously then. I don't want. I don't want that. Or change. <laughs> yeah. Or change. Use this yeah. moment to change. Yeah. Or yeah, well that. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't know. I just try to be as like inclusive as possible. But for me, it's more about being inclusive to like marginalized groups than it is like mm. a person who's racist. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not like, oh, I, I hope you know, because there's there there might be a black Superman, right? And there's people that are upset about it. But for me, it's like, great. Also, who cares? Like, and there'll be another Superman in the next five years. It doesn't matter. And there's yeah. multiple dimensions and universes and. So I'm now just talking about Superman, but I don't understand why you would get upset about that. And it could be bad, but again, who cares? There'll be another one <laughs> like down the line. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you're in the world of the the movie game culture. I've got a good mate that talks to me often about what's going on in the, yeah. the pop culture world as well. Is it me? A good mate is you. Yeah, and <laughs> and, and, and actually, there's there's people that I often say, you know what, should introduce you, but. You're probably sick of that. I'm at 40%. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and if you uh, introduce me, I have to push somebody else out of my life. I'll have a party and it's strictly just for people to meet you. <laughs> get get Email me. I want to have my highest amount of emails. I will <laughs> reveal everything. Um, <laughs> no, your, your secrets are safe with me. But talking about how there's like that, that brohood yeah. is one and then also almost the, the race thing comes off a lot. Yeah. But then also that. It's almost the cutting edge of inclusivity and, mm. and having female leads and having yeah. uh, people of diverse backgrounds, you know, having a gay scene or a trans yeah. person in something and that these are able to exist within mm. this world that everyone says is so toxic. Do you see a yeah. big change occurring? I think so. I think it also it doesn't take away from things mm. if there's – a trans person in in a movie or whatever because a lot of time people will be like, oh, they're just filling quotas or whatever. And often it is. Like companies will do things like that because they know that it gets them more attention mm-hmm. and more – like a, a corporations operate this way not because they're the kindness of their heart because that's they right. know it will ultimately make them more money because that's kind of where the world is at at the moment. But I think hearing from more voices is good 
and seeing different people from you is good because who wants to see the same stuff again and again? I, I don't want to see that and I don't like everything I see. You know, my idea is like most things I see is like it's fine. Next thing, I guess. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think I see it as, as a good thing, you know what I mean? And again, I know companies often do use this to like score points or whatever and it's just a hollow kind of gesture. But I think you can get and Mason talks about this as well, you can get then people who work within spaces and within movies who then, even though they're being, you know, given this opportunity because there is a monetary advantage, they care about this particular issue or these particular group of people and they can bring that in. And so suddenly you've got somebody who cares about this stuff using tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars to make something that a lot of people might see potentially. Quick fire questions. Here we go. <laughs> Quick fire. What's something that is exciting you at the moment? Oh, geez. Not at this time me rubbing your leg. Something different. That though. is very exciting. <laughs> oh, God. It's a great question. I like that things are coming back. You know what I mean? A lot of stuff shut down and a lot of movies were kind of pushed down and uh, those things are back. I'm also excited for like this is not as exciting for, for other people but seeing my kids like develop and seeing my son learn to read. That's amazing. Mm. Watching someone that didn't talk or do anything, now they can read. It's insane. Because I also didn't really teach younger year level, so I never kind of really saw that. So that's that's cool. Two exciting things, movies and my you know daughter's starting to talk and my son can read and write a little bit, yeah. Something that worries you? Mm. Uh, the end of the world, yeah. And not in like a um, – not in like, oh, a comet could hit us or whatever, though it could, that I don't think that we're making enough st- – steps environmentally and I worry that has it gone, has it already passed that point? Mm. And I, there's things like, look, Elon Musk is like going to take us to Mars. I don't want to go to Mars. Why don't we fix some stuff here? Yeah. I don't want to go to Mars. Oh, Who desolate. wants to go to Mars? What are you talking about? What's the atmosphere like? It's yeah. There. It's not even red. Did you know that? It's like brown. Oh. Yeah. The one thing that had gone <laughs> The one thing. <laughs> if it was called the brown planet, I don't oh, think people no. would be. Like I'm fine. Like I have enough money yep. for now and my family is safe. But for the future, it does worry me because I don't know what could happen. Does all of a sudden in 10 years is money not going to mean anything and all my skills are useless mm-hmm. because there's, we're living in an irradiated wasteland. I don't think it will get to that point. But you know what I mean? I, I do worry that something will happen, if not in my lifetime, then my children's lifetime, which will be catastrophic, which is then beyond my control which is like most things are beyond my control. Mm. I hate to give an answer like that. So you, you've always said you stay fit and active just in case. Yeah, I do, yeah, just in case. But I can't like build a log cabin, so uh, maybe I should learn that. What's more important, learning how to build a log cabin or putting solar panels on your roof? Mm, great. Well, can, you do, can, you, can I answer both? Well, you can only do one. Well, then the log cabin, I would say, yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Because it is interesting. It's like what, what steps do I take personally? Do I yeah. hide away and like start like this – what is it, the preppers? Do yeah. I, am I a prepper or do I just like try to contribute to like yeah. positive things? And are they even positive? Exactly. <laughs> because of all that misinformation, like yeah. the last camp- campaign we did, we did seaweed farming, yeah. which was it's essentially like where it draws carbon from the atmosphere and it's like it's, it's a plant that grows incredibly quickly so it can offset things yep. really well. But I don't – and they're like, this will probably work. And I'm probably, all right, good, I guess. Yeah. But – not, no one person can fix this. It has to be like a whole societal shift mm. and getting people on board for that when people are like the earth is flat. It's like I don't even know where to start yeah. with this. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> I mean, it's- All right, I wasn't going to ask this, but uh, you've touched on a couple of things that I want to delve into. Mm. There's an idea that the world is flat or that lizard yeah. people run the place or that, you know, all sure. of this stuff. 
why do you think, in your mind, that's happening? Okay. Uh, well, this is actually there's a YouTuber called H Bomber Guy where he talks. There's a, he's got a particular video about which I recommend people watch. It's like 50 minutes long, or whatever. It's about climate denial and things like that, and like flat earthers and all these different kind of conspiracy theories. And his idea is that there is something fundamentally broken with the way uh, the world operates, and uh, in the West, but really, it's it affects everybody mm. really the world over, where there's an inequality between the rich and the poor. Uh, people are unsatisfied with their with their day to day living, and they're just scraping by. You know, they might not have health insurance, or you know, they there's a number of things that can happen. You know what I mean? And that's not a I'm not talking about the US in particular. I'm talking everywhere refugee yep. crisis, everything. And I think if people go, I, something is wrong. I know something is wrong, but I can't. I don't know what it is specifically. So it's lizard people. So it's refugees. So. They're hiding that the earth is flat for some reason, which is like, what? why? To what end? You know, so I think that's what it is. I think people know that something is wrong, but they can't put their finger on what it is. And I can't even put my finger no. I don't know what it is either. Well, you got the leading experts yeah. in the world, you know, going around saying, let's debate this. It could be this yeah, or it's that. Like, it's yeah. like, I don't know. There's no time for any of that. Mm. For me, it's like, as quick as you can, you move to zero emissions. Like that is like yep. that's what I would do straight away. But it's a lie, climate change. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing. It's like, and if you do move to that, why does that? People are talking about coal and like coal miners' jobs and all these kinds of things. It's then you set them up for different things. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And maybe universal basic income is the way to go. Do you know what I mean? We live on a fucking hot plate. There's not. There's nothing we can do about mm. that. Do you know what I mean? There's no way we can harness. The, the energy yes. which is just bombarding this country mm. constantly. I, I just, I don't, I think they're, yeah, so I I think people know that something is wrong at a fundamental level and then they don't necessarily know what it is. So you're like, yeah, yeah like I said, uh, you know, Bill Gates is microchipping people or whatever. And maybe he is because, quite frankly, I don't like him. But whatever. Do you know, out of my, all the billionaires, sure. he's one of my favourites. Sure. I mean, yeah, he's done some things that I don't like, but, yeah. Because I'm like, I listen to him and he's talking about, People were in their toilets, whereas like Elon Musk is like, let's get him to the, the let's moon. Get toilets on like, Mars. Uh, Mars. It's like, well, at least he's let's doing make it a like really the, brown planet. Yeah. Get toilets on Mars. <laughs> but anyway, there's all there's all sorts of these things. So excitement, worry. Yeah. Now scared me. <laughs> <laughs> now I've been I've been stressed and, and worried about this for quite a while as well. Yeah. Final fast question. Fatherhood. Yeah. Good or bad? For me, it's great. It's not for everybody. And I kind of joke that, like, ah, oh, my life's so much more difficult with kids and whatever, which it, it, it is, but it's also really rewarding. But also, like, it's not for everybody. Mm. Like, I think a lot of people kind of get pressured in. Not a lot of people, but people get pressured in. I always wanted to be a dad, yep. you know. And I and I always thought, like, well, like, I'd rather do it sooner rather than, mm. than later, not necessarily in my 20s because I, I wouldn't have been very good at it, I'd imagine. But good, and you do learn so much from it. And what, what's interesting, what I've realised is when you've got like a baby or when you've got a five-year-old, you've never had a five-year-old. Mm. And, you know, when my kid is 10, I, I don't, I've never had a 10-year-old and it's, you, you're constantly learning as you go, which is, which is weird because as a kid you just think your parents know, but yeah. they've never had yeah. a kid before you either, mm. unless they've got, you know, siblings. But every kid is then diff- uh, different again. But no, good. What about you? Great. Great? Yeah. It's been great. So I should you have say, said great. You said great. I'm going to say great because I said excellent. good. <laughs> um, no, it is, it is good. I gave you only two options. Don't, don't. 
So what's a reflection then that you take on board? You know, you're constantly learning. It's all new. But what's something that's just hit you like a ton of bricks about mm. being a parent? Yeah, I, I think for me it, it's like empathy is really important for everybody in the world over. And, again, it comes down to like for me when I was, I was like a really like I was a shy, nervous kid and I guess I still am in, in a way. For me, it was like making sense of the world was kind of like terrifying. And I, I've talked about this before, but I used to be worried. I'd look around at all the kids and then the generation above us, like Generation X, and I'm like, look at these idiots. We don't know what we're doing. We have to run the world in like 20 years. What's going on? Nobody knows what they're doing. They used to stress me out as a kid. And then when I grew up, I'm like, oh, no one's ever known. That's yeah. okay. So I kind of I feel better about it because I'm like I've always been worried about it in a way. Yeah, so, uh, no, I, I like being able to, like, uh, talk to my son and, like, explain things in a way that I would have liked to have been explained. Things. Not that my parents didn't do, do that because they did a wonderful job. It's nice being able to guide somebody through this and just mm. do little things like, hey, we're at a restaurant. You should you can order your own food or whatever, just yeah. stuff like that. It's cool to, you know, and they say their pleases and thank yous. As you know, the end of my podcasts all yes. have this question. So what is your moment of clarity? Can I can it be a very specific one? I know you get like uh, I, I talk, actually talked about this recently uh, with Charlie Clawson on a podcast called Fofob. But I try now to when things are good, where I can sit back and reflect. And there's been a few moments in my life, well, more than a few, but where like I remember there was one where, for example, at mine and Claire's wedding, which you were there at, where we like put each other aside and we're like we took a moment to be like, look at this, all our friends are here, and everybody was was dancing and. And just having a good time and that was a moment of how awesome is this moment? And then like a month later, Claire's dad died. So, it was, you know, and then there was another moment where, where we found out that we were having a girl and she was happy and healthy. And so this was probably like January of last year where we found out and it was just like my son was there and he was like sure it was going to be a girl and I'm like it's probably going to be a boy because like I'm from three boys and that's, that's how I, my brain works, you know. And then we found out it was a girl and she was happy and healthy, as happy as you can be, and we're out on the street and it was just like a moment of like everything. And, again, if it would have been a boy, it would have been fine. That's not what I'm saying. But just like everything right now is good, great even. And that was a real moment of I just feel very content, like just right now. And so that was really important. And then like a month later or two months later, like COVID hit and everything went to shit. But yeah, so for me, it's like recognizing those moments. And that sounds really cliche because I know my whole life people have been telling me like, you're just going to sit back and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear any of that. I don't want to hear it. But it is, it's, I found it to be true for me at least. And and now I can, it's nice to be able to look to specific moments and, and recognize that. Yeah. Thank you so much, James, for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we finally got to to line this up. It's been great. What a great couple of episodes back to back. Pachow. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm going to go for my third now. Wow. With a dog. Yeah. Ollie. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you so much for having me. If you enjoyed the conversation today, Please subscribe, share with your friends and family, and leave a review. If you would like to contact me, provide feedback, or have access to someone you believe would be a great guest on the podcast, you can contact me on Instagram or Facebook at Moments of Clarity Podcast or on Twitter at BarneyMOC. You can also email me 
on momentsofclaritypodcast at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for joining me on Moments of Clarity.